Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to Luke 6. This is God's holy and infallible word. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It is the only word by which we may know how we ought to be saved and how we ought to live for God. To give God the honor and the glory, let's stand together as we read Luke 6. I'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Now it happened that he was passing through some grain fields on a Sabbath, and his disciples were picking the heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands, and eating the grain. But some of the Pharisees said, Why do you do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered, answering them said, Have you not even read what David did when he was hungry? he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for any to eat except the priests alone, and gave it to his companions. And he was saying to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he healed on the Sabbath, so they might find reason to accuse him. But he knew what they were thinking, and he said to the man with the withered hand, Get up and come forward. And he got up and came forward, and Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to destroy it. After looking at them all, he said to him, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they themselves were filled with rage and discussed together what they might do to Jesus. Let's pray together. Our glorious Lord, thank you for this word, for this your holy and infallible word, and we we thank you that Jesus Christ has been lifted up, the Son of Man, as Lord of the Sabbath. Help us, we pray, to embrace him as our Lord and Savior. For we ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. There are things in life where people go to extremes. And regarding the Sabbath day, this is one where the Pharisees had gone too far. Um, life is like that. Sometimes we, we, we read something and we, we try to follow what Scripture says, but people misapply it or go to an, an extreme position. And we find that that's what these men were doing when they faced Jesus Christ. And Jesus... Again, he didn't come only to sacrifice himself as a sacrifice for sin. He did. But he came to teach and to lay down foundational doctrine for the sake of the church. So he, by example, by word and example, taught a doctrine concerning the Sabbath day that we'll learn today in Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath. But before we do that, let's look a little bit more at the context. Um, 
This far in gospel, uh, in the gospel of Luke, there's been a great deal of work of the Lord Jesus Christ, a great deal of miraculous work. He's already cast out many demons. He healed Simon, Simon's mother-in-law of a high fever. Um, there was one evening when the sun was setting, he began healing and casting out demons, healing various diseases, and he did that from sundown to sunrise, a, a marathon of healing and casting out demons. It's found in Luke 4. He cleansed a leper. And then after that, he also healed a man who was paralyzed. But in healing that man who was paralyzed, he also revealed himself to be the Son of Man. That's a messianic title. The Son of Man who had authority to forgive sin. But with that growing popularity, of course, of people passing on word of all that Jesus did, this growing popularity also led to growing opposition. And today's text, Jesus here reveals himself furthermore using this messianic title of Son of Man. And by word and deed, he gave this important doctrine concerning both labors of necessity and mercy. The main focus of today's message is that you must receive and follow Jesus as the Son of Man and Lord of the Sabbath. And we'll see this in two main points, a deed of necessity and secondly, a deed of mercy. So let's look at this first deed of necessity, verses 1 and 2. Now it happened while he was passing through some grain fields on a Sabbath And his disciples were picking the heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands and eating the grain. Some of the Pharisees said, why do you do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? In all my time of studying this passage, I always thought this was a gleaning passage. This this pertained to going into a field that had already been picked over or harvested and getting some remnants and that would be called gleaning. So I, was, I almost was going to put this first main point as gleaning, uh, lawful gleaning on the Sabbath. But I was mistaken. This is not gleaning. This was following a procedure that was laid down in Deuteronomy 23, 25. And I think it was to help those who are travelers. And it says in there, it's in your outline, Deuteronomy 23, 25. When you enter your neighbor's standing grain, then you may pluck the heads with your hand, but you shall not wield a sickle in your neighbor's standing grain. Again, this is a provision for travelers. If you're traveling through someone's land, you're allowed to pick a little bit of grain and eat a a little bit of it. Um, This law, I believe, was also in the culture of, or in the spirit of hospitality or love to strangers. You know, the, the Jews were seeking to be hospitable to all of their countrymen and even the sojourners who stayed in the land. That if you passed through their territory, you could get a little something to eat on your travel. You wouldn't even have to spread a table. You could just grab some stuff from the field. Now, in America, that probably, that's not going to work too well. If you want to go walking through people's cane fields and, and cutting a couple pieces of cane to chew on, you might end up getting the sheriff's office, uh, getting a call, and you might have somebody show up there. But here, you didn't really have established roads and things you, to, to get around. Sometimes you had to travel through in a very immense property of farmland to get from one city to the other. But I believe the Pharisees were familiar with this provision in Deuteronomy 23. They weren't 
saying it was unlawful for them to take of the other person's field. What they were having a problem with was them doing this activity on the Sabbath. In other words, do it six days out of the week, yet never on the Sabbath. They said in Luke 6, 2, what, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered the Pharisees using an event from the history of the life of David. Look at verses 3 through 4. And Jesus answering them said, Have you not even read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God, took and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for any to eat except the priest alone, and gave it to his companions. Now we're not going to turn there, but I do want to let you know that this is found in 1 Samuel 21. And the way the story goes is that David is with his companions, his mighty men who are with him, and he's traveling and he's fleeing Saul, Saul who's seeking his life. David tells uh, the priests that he's there on secret business for the sake of the king. Of course, he, he, was, he was not being honest because the king was seeking his life, to take his life. So then David asks if they have any provisions there, and they, they give them the consecrated bread. This bread that was meant for the priests. It was made holy. It was only to be for the priests to eat. Um, and they also gave David a sword, Goliath's sword. And uh, David and his men appreciated that. But then after they left, Saul found out because there was an informant there. And Saul found out the help that was given unto David. And what happened was next is that they executed uh, 90, I'm sorry, 85 men who wore the ephod and all of the women, children, and livestock, even infants, of that entire town uh, of Nob. So these priests gave David bread and a sword, but it cost them a great deal, didn't it? It cost them their very lives. So this is the historical account of what Jesus is using as saying, this was not a sin, this was a deed of necessity that these men needed to eat and that yes that normally that bread is intended consecrated for the priests but he said that this was lawful and in like fashion there are times where there are deeds of necessity such as eating that must be done Uh, they ate grain while walking in the fields on the sabbath now, what were they doing walking through fields on the Sabbath? I can guarantee you that they were traveling either to or from a synagogue. But they had to get there. And um, I think that when Jesus and all of his, we don't know how many people he was with, but I think when Jesus was with his apostles and his disciples, you, you had occasion where people invited them into their home. But can you imagine, you know, a, a big group shows up and you, you got to feed like 12, 14, 15, 20 guys. Not every, not every synagogue they, they show up at is going to be able to offer hospitality. So I'm sure they left worship and or they're hungry. And they're just grabbing a little bit of grain and rubbing it between their hands to get the kernels from the pods. And the Pharisees said, you're doing what's not lawful. Look. You're, you're laboring on the Sabbath. 
by rubbing together some grain, some, some heads of grain, to, and eat, to eat that. I can guarantee you their wives were probably doing a lot more food preparation than, the, than this, rubbing hands together on the Sabbath. Besides, none of these Pharisees were going to feed Jesus and his disciples. At least these didn't. In Luke 7, there's a case of Simon, a Pharisee, who hosted Jesus and his disciples for dinner. But these guys weren't about ready to do that. They instead were wanting to just accuse Jesus. So apart from the logical and biblical arguments that Jesus gave, Jesus gave another argument based on his authority. Look at verse 5. Jesus said, The Son of Man is Lord. You could translate that Master of the Sabbath. I want us to look back at Daniel 7. Daniel 7 to see that language of Son of Man. Daniel seven thirteen and 14. This is the words of Daniel when he says, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. So think about this. Jesus, looking at this Samuel 7, Jesus was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom. He was given an everlasting dominion. Don't you think you could trust this son of man, this one who's given dominion to interpret correctly the law of God concerning the fourth commandment? Yes, indeed. But this matter of the Sabbath wasn't settled. Look at the following verses as we turn to our second point, a deed of mercy. Verses 6 and 7. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribe and the Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he healed on the Sabbath so that they might find reason to accuse him. I don't think these scribes and Pharisees had their minds set on worship, do you? Do you think that they were praying to God while they're, they're, they're dead set, hyper-focused on Jesus? Oh, is he going to do what we say he shouldn't do? And they weren't really there to worship, but they were finding, there to find fault only with Jesus. And it, I believe the reason they were expecting this was that Jesus had a reputation to heal and to cast out demons wherever he went. And they were expecting him, and he did heal in accordance with uh, what they expected, as Jesus desired to heal those who were afflicted of all sorts. Now, Here's another testimony of the deity of Christ. Jesus here, again, verse 8, knew the thoughts of these men. No Old Testament prophet and no apostle ever knew the thoughts of an individual. 
But here, verse 8, it says, But he knew what they were thinking. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Get up and come forward. And he got up and came forward. Um, It seems here you might say, Well, Jesus knowingly and willfully provoked his adversaries, didn't he? Well, um, Jesus sure did in these following verses, didn't he? But Jesus provoked the Jewish leadership knowing the end result would be later on his suffering, his betrayal, his crucifixion. Jesus knew well what the Scripture said in the Psalms, especially Psalm 22 and 55, that he would be betrayed, forsaken, despised, and mocked. Jesus knew what crossing these men would result in. It would would result in him being nailed to the cross. Later on in Luke 4, I'm sorry, Luke 9, 44, Jesus told his disciples, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. Didn't take Jesus by surprise when he was delivered over. Uh, To be more clear, there's more more details given in, in this passage from Matthew 17. When Jesus said this, he prophesied, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. Jesus knew exactly what was coming because of his uh, provoking, you say, these adversaries. Jesus was aware of the consequences of what the scribes, Pharisees, and other Jewish leaders were plotting against him. But he did the right thing anyway. Look at verses 9 through 10. Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save a life or to destroy it? After looking around at them, he said to him, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. Jesus did so. He healed the man out of mercy. Maybe say he, out of love for him. He, he had mercy because he knew that he didn't want this man to go the rest of his life with a paralyzed hand. But he also established and set forth a doctrine concerning the Sabbath day. That it is lawful to heal on the Sabbath. He said it in, in, these, in these words, to do good on the Sabbath or to save a life on the Sabbath. Now for you ladies who've had to go into labor and deliver a baby on, on a Sunday, I'm sure you were happy that all, all your doctors were there at the hospital. <laughs> Weren't you happy? We've had two, two of our, out of our three kids had to be delivered on a Sunday. And I'm, I'm glad that the doctors, the nurses, and all the other staff were there, especially when we had a, uh, a dangerous situation with Isaiah. Isaiah had to have an emergency C-section. And them working on the Sabbath saved the life of our son, and maybe even saved the life of my wife. Jesus said, It is lawful to save a life and to do good on the Sabbath day. So when we have doctors in the congregation who work on Sundays, we understand that this is a deed of mercy. Now keep in mind, I know that the confession uses these labels, a deed of necessity and a deed of mercy. 
you know, maybe you could say driving a car for some people, even driving an hour to go to church, that's kind of like work, isn't it? But if that's where you have, that's where you feel like you're fed the word of God, that's a deed of necessity. Now, eating, yeah, de- believe me, we got a lot more food prep still to do for lunch than just rubbing a few grains uh, together. And we, we, got some, we do pre- preparation ahead of time, but that's, that's work. But that's a deed of necessity. Well, what if somebody's starving and you've got to feed them in Haiti or someplace like that? That's probably both necessity and mercy. So there could be overlap here. But decide what is God saying here in his word. How you are to look at the Sabbath. This is not to belittle the commandment of God. But it's, it's to say that there are times where there is necessary work. Despite the sound arguments of the Lord Jesus, the scribes and Pharisees still found fault with Jesus. Look at verse 11. But they themselves were filled with rage and discussed together what they might do to Jesus. Rather than believe in him, rather than believe in his miraculous works of what Jesus had done, they sought to kill him. Were they just not very smart? Why did they not understand? Jesus explains this in John 8. Let's turn to John 8. John eight forty two and following. Jesus said this in verse 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceed forth, for I proceeded forth and have come from God. For I have not even come of my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I am saying? Is it because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I speak the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears the words of God. For this reason you do not hear them, because you are not of God. That's why they, they sought to kill Jesus and destroy him, because they were not of God, but they were of their father, the devil. But what do you do? Do you embrace Jesus Christ as the Son of Man and Lord of the Sabbath? By word and deed, Jesus established these teachings on the Sabbath, that yes, there are deeds of necessity that must be done on the Lord's Day. You must, it is lawful to eat. It's lawful even to do some food prep on Sunday. Jesus said it's also lawful to do good and to save life. That's also deeds of mercy on the Sabbath day. And in all this, Jesus laid down the teaching that he is Lord and Master of the Sabbath. But most importantly, is Jesus your Lord 
your master and your savior in how you spend your time both in your labors and in your recreations on the Lord's Day. But most of all, do you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, you shall perish. Jesus says, I am the only way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So you must believe that Jesus Christ has died not just for sins, but your sins. That he was raised from the dead, not just for sins, but for your sins. That Jesus ascended to heaven and makes intercession on not just sinner's behalf, but your behalf. You must embrace him by faith and repent and believe to be saved. This Believe in Jesus as Lord of the Sabbath, but also your Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Well, Father, we... We thank you that you have given us your blessed Son. And we thank you for his authoritative teaching. And we thank you for this holy Sabbath which is intended for our blessing and for our benefit. Help us, we pray, to use it to your honor and glory. But also, we pray, to be those who are rich in deeds of mercy for others who are in need, even on the Sabbath. Bless us and help us, we pray, to receive and believe these things which we've heard and learned. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. This time we'll turn to first.